all hands, prepare for the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Stand by for transmission. So, welcome to the Starfleet Escape Pod. Hey, we're back again. Hello. Uh, with me today is, as with always... Me? With me. With me. As always is Marty Hogan. Party on, Wayne. <laughs> no, just kidding. You sound like Wayne's World. That's what it sounds like. But. Uh, and with us specially today... Is Eric Berry. Hello. Party on, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Party on, Wayne. So... What do we have on the agenda tonight, Aaron? Okay, so today's episode will be focusing on the captains that we chose. That we well, because it's not all the captains of the shows; it's captains plus some others that were. In yeah, no, I'm focusing on the captains of the uh, all the incarnations of the Enterprise. Very good. To start, I guess we'll go with the news. The news and reviews. All right. All right, so there's a new production out there called Star Trek Renegades, and they have launched a uh, 60-day fundraising drive on Kickstarter.com. When did that start? Uh, it started... Last week? Last week or so. Have you checked to see how much they've raised? I haven't checked. we got to check that. Uh, we'll, we'll check it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's a... A darker take on Star Trek. Have you seen the trailer, any of you? I haven't. Uh, no. no, I have not. Okay, so I'm at their Kickstarter page, and okay. they have, as of right now, um, they just started last week because there was 53 days ago. They already have 635 backers, which have raised $58,982 pledged of a $200,000 goal. So wow. seven days in, they're a quarter away into their goal. Now, for $200,000, what are they expecting to do? Stick figures and uh, <laughs> some uh, wallpaper in the background? I mean, that seems really low for a... Well, from uh, what maybe for an indie, not for an indie, but... Uh, according to them, um, it's going to be a feature-length uh, movie, and they that... Um, there was another production called Star Trek of Gods and Men, and that was created on a right. budget of less than $150,000. So, right. yeah, it seems like they're trying to be, like, go for, go for the gold, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Have either of you watched those? I have watched of Gods and Men. Have you? Yeah. yeah. How about you, Eric? Yeah, Eric? I've, I've seen that. See, I haven't seen many of the indie uh, films, and... My problem is, is I've seen little bits and pieces, but it really does. I mean, I guess that's what an indie is, but it lacks the sophistication that the real productions have. Not that I'm against watching them. Believe me, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I love watching anything Star Trek or, you know, any other sci-fi, but mostly Star Trek. But it, it just seems to me $200,000, if they're going to go for it, why don't they raise a million and do something... Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, there's a lot of money out there. There is. You can actually make, if they've already got $58,000 in, what, less than seven yeah. days? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing feat. I couldn't raise $58 <laughs> in seven days. And I tried, believe me, I ran for city council. Um, but it seemed like they have a majority of, well, I don't know about the majority, but they already have the ship designed. I've seen some CGI in the trailer. It seemed like they had a 
at least a few yeah. uh, scenes filmed. Well, if they have some the people trailer. who are going to volunteer their efforts and the time, mm-hmm. then that, yeah, it'll go even further. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are, would be volunteering. I wouldn't be. <laughs> just kidding. I would. I give away enough <laughs> of my time. If if they asked me to appear, I would most certainly uh, jump on board. Great. So if they need a twelve year old, <laughs> a twelve year old, yes, a twelve year old. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but have you ever seen a picture of Aaron? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's looking pretty twelve today. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's just that I I see. For me, it wouldn't be as much in front of the camera. I'd want to be behind the camera or doing some of the technical stuff. That's what I like. Yeah. I, I would love to get involved into a Star Trek production like this, especially uh, production design or doing props, you know, stuff that I know that I'm good at, not necessarily in front of the camera, but uh, behind the scenes. That would be really cool to support something like this. Yeah, that I'd actually like to do. I think I'd be more interested in it if I could. You know, you're always more interested in something you do anyways, but um, it sounds like they're off to a great start. Oh, definitely. So hopefully they can get to their two hundred thousand dollars and then go there. I do. I do say this though. I hope that some of this indie movie film stuff that's being created causes a fever for them to create a new uh, a new series. Yeah, a new series or something. I mean, the the new movies are great. I like the new movies, but the, as being a Star Trek realist and, and purist, right. I'd rather see something on TV from week to week. I, I totally agree. I think uh, a new Star Trek series is uh, something that's needed right now, especially with um, the movie, the first in, in the J.J. Abrams uh, universe, uh, the Star Trek. That, um, yeah. that was in 2009. We're not getting another one until next year. That's a four-year gap. And I think, yep. uh, I think a new series would really capture the audience that was gained from uh, the new Star Trek movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... What I've noticed on TV is there's been a huge shift towards... And I guess Abrams really did this, was a shift towards sci-fi, to a fiction type of show. Uh, You know, just the, you know, a la Lost, and uh, there's a bunch of them out there right now. But I think, yeah, Star Trek, but something different. It definitely has to be something different. You know, something new that they haven't done yet. Which, quite honestly, I don't know what that would be. But you know, um, considering we got we got robbed on the on the four year Enterprise, uh, uh, you know, uh, voyage. Yeah. Oh, this, it, yeah. yeah. The, the uh, especially one. that really missing out on the potential for the Romulan War. I mean, that could have been that yeah. could have been as huge as Deep Space Nine's Dominion War, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. I think actually that could have been that could have made it bigger than the original series itself. Yeah, because that's really the missing yeah. link, and I think that's where they could go to for the next type of uh, series. Uh, something right after, you know, kind of like Deep Space Nine was right after Next Generation or during, but it was actually right after. Right. I think they could right. do something like that with Enterprise if there's enough fan base for it. Well, you know, just the Romulan Wars. Personally, as much as I'd like to see the Romulan Wars, I would have liked to seen it on Enterprise. I, I, I think I'm getting a little bit burned out on prequels uh, yeah. for Star Trek and prequels in general. I think you go further into the future of Star Trek, just as 
Next Generation was a hundred years from the original series, and Enterprise right. was a hundred years before. Um, why do we make the next one hundred, two hundred years into the future of Star Trek? Just pushing it mm. uh, even farther. Or even going in opposite direction, you know, you say the past, the future. Why not do a show that's around, because they've done this enough with, the, you know, the temporal thing. Yeah. Maybe they could do a show that involves just the temporal wars or whatever it, you want to do, you know? But something, it's got to be new. Yeah, they could even do, um, like, a Star Trek anthology series um, showing different parts of the whole Federation or the universe. I mean, one week it could be a Starfleet medical drama. You know, the next week it could be focusing on temporal investigations. Yeah. You um, know, you bring up you bring up Starfleet Medical. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good show if they did something like, you know, a hospital show. So like ER in space? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Or something to do yeah, with their, awesome. you know, uh, naval explorations because obviously they have that too. Right. Like on maybe planet. on a, on a planet. planet? Yeah. Exploring deep ocean or something. Although that sounds too much like Sequest. Sequest. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, they could do a lot of different things with this. I mean... I think this yeah. is the second episode in a row we mentioned Sequest. DSV. Or <laughs> Sequest. What was the other one? 2132? There yeah. were more than there one? Was, yeah, the there was 20, actually, yeah, there was... There was the original, and then yeah, the ca- part of the cast went into the future. It's hard to explain. Yeah, that, that, that was the last It's hard enough season. to explain yeah. Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> timelines. Forget about this. Here's, I think that, you know, this, this project is a good idea um, because, I mean, people need to keep going with this. I mean, if you think about it, uh, people didn't do indie versions of Star Trek from the end of the 60s to the end of the 70s before the movie, but they did write, they did do books, they did do, you know, fan-type things. So this is kind of similar the way of keeping it alive. Yeah, and I've, I've really liked other um, Star Trek indie productions like Star Trek Phase 2. Um, right. Yep. I thought they did an amazing job uh, recreating the bridge and mm-hmm. just their production values and the graphics are just as good as any show, especially when they pull in people who have worked in Star Trek before, just yeah. like Renegades is doing as well, bringing in past actors and mm-hmm. people who have directed before. So it's not just, you know, a couple of Trekkies getting together and like, let's make an indie episode. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. professional people putting on a, I mean, a production like this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's spiraled from being fan-based to now being professional. What I what I have a problem with, and we'll get off the subject because we got to get to the captains. But <clears throat> one of the things I've always had trouble with the indie films, especially or things like that, where you've used people who were characters in other series, and it's just me, but I'll just put it out there. I have trouble, you know, taking them away from that character. Yeah. Um, very much like, um, for instance, uh, Phase Two is supposed to be Kirk, correct? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can't. It's just like the movie. I still have trouble seeing, although Pine was very good and looks similar to what Chatner, well, what he ideally would want to look like. <laughs> right. Um, I can't suspend that reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, can I, I just can't suspend that. So it's just like, you know, it's tough for me. But And that's why I don't watch a lot of those, the indie versions. But uh, i got to start getting into them. Yeah, they're, qu- they're quite good. Yeah. Um, quite. Quite. 
There's actually, um, I believe there's another fan production uh, coming out that has a voice actor from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. Now you're bringing in another. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm not quite sure what it is, but I've seen a picture of him, and he looks, I mean, he has the blonde hair. He looks better than the... I had blonde hair when I was seven, so... He looks better than the... I actually might be talking about the same thing, but he, he looks better than the first um, captain that was in phase two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks more like Kirk. Uh, it might He might be in phase two. I'm not sure. Well, I've, I think I brought this up before, but you, and I don't know if you know this, Eric, but Seth MacFarlane wants to reboot the original series again. See, uh, uh, which doesn't make any sense to me because we've, we've you know, I think of him, I think of Family Guy. That's all I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know he is a huge... Star Trek fan. I mean, the amount of Star Trek references that are in Family Guy and yeah. um, American Dad, there's so many of those. I get it. He's a huge fan. But we, we've all, we've already got a prequel thing going on with the movies now. I could see somebody doing a cartoon again. I think an animated series would work, and it, it would be a lot cheaper to produce. I mean, Star Wars has, you know two animated Create, series yeah. going on, so... Yeah, it's it's created its own, you know, future just in the fact that they've suspended reality by being able to do, you know, and talk about Star Wars suspending reality, but with cartoons, it's even easier. Right, and I think a, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Eric, we were talking online about the uh, proposed animated series yeah. um, that Star Trek had that took yeah. place, uh, I believe, in the 25th century. And that was a uh, a darker uh, take on Star Trek. Yeah, it was going to be, I believe, a, a web series. Um, but because See. of uh, the JJ movie, yeah. uh, JJ. that was put on hold in favor of the JJ movie. Yeah. My my problem is is again, and I'm very I'm one type of of mm-hmm. fan. I'm a I'm a purist in the fact that I want to see it on TV. You know. Yeah. I, well, they, I just, they play the movies I mean, I could on hook TV. Up my, I could hook up my uh, my computer, my laptop to my big screen TV and watch it, but it's just the fact of it being on TV mm-hmm. is just something to it. Being on a network, being on you know week to week, I just like that. So idea. you want something that's canon that's on on the air? It doesn't necessarily have to be totally canon. Yeah, I, well, it just has to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> You know whether whether it's canon or, or not. I, I think you know it's deemed by whatever the higher ups. But um, I, I think an animated series would be would be good. Uh, we've already had one Star Trek animated series. Just think of what they could do with today's technology, especially yeah. with a director that isn't colorblind. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, he was colorblind. Yeah, that's why uh, everything was pink. He thought it looked. Gray, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and nobody told him that it was. No one told him though. Oh, good, That's why good. the Klingons had pink and uh, the triple. Some really? triples that's were why pink. It was... Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but anyways, I I just thought that it was. You know how older cartoons kind of get faded and look. Yeah. I no. always thought that's what it was. <laughs> no. And don't even get Aaron started on their life support thing. Oh, those those <laughs> stupid belts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. So hopefully that 
that uh, project gets off the ground and yeah. hopefully they only have what another hundred and forty what two thousand yeah. dollars to go before they get there. Yeah. Well I'm sure even if they don't I'm reach sure. their goal they'll still something, yeah. put something out. Well I'm sure that all these guys, even though like they're not the biggest names in Hollywood, they are big in their industry and they have friends and they have friends and they have friends, so that's probably how they're getting it. Um, so what else is uh, news on the agenda tonight, Aaron? Okay, so they're going. The Weather Channel announced that they're going to start naming winter storms. What Al Roker uh, came up with this brilliant idea? And, and uh, two of the <laughs> names would sound familiar to Star Trek fans. Let me see, Jove. No, just <laughs> so, Khan. Khan. And Q. It also sound familiar to anybody that knows the alphabet <laughs> and anybody that knows history. But anyways. Um, yeah, so it's it's more likely than not that these, these are, are not Star Trek inspired. I don't know. They might be. Uh, I read somewhere that the Q on this list had to do with a train in New York. A train. A Q a train. train. Oh, the, yeah, because they're lettered. Uh, lettered, yeah. numbered, and colored. I'm not sure where Khan yep. comes from. Well, Khan could just be historical for Genghis Khan. Um, yeah. I but mean, you also have uh, Helen, Troy, Athena. Gandalf. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of, yeah. <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> That's why I think maybe it is Star Trek, because you have Gandalf, uh, you have Draco. Yeah. Well, plus, yeah. as in Draco I, I Malfoy, think Khan maybe? would make sense in Star Trek, you know, it, Oh, Winter Storm Khan is coming, and everyone will go, No! Or, like, Khan! <laughs> exactly. I don't know what Q will do to us, though. <laughs> Who knows? Hopefully it doesn't get that far. Yeah. Because these are just, you I know, just think it's ridiculous that they're going to name Winter Storms now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they just need... I think um, they need something to do. Yeah. More ratings. What's so bad about Blizzard 2012, or... Because you could have more than one, but it, you know they usually figure something out at that point. They usually right. like you know old people killer twenty twelve or something. I don't know. Women and children evacuate twenty twelve. I don't like how we a couple of years ago we had the April Fool's storm. Yeah, yep, up here in Boston. Uh, probably another. Well, place here's another too, one that makes me think that really it is it, it is from other things because you have Yogi. Yeah, that's something. What, what is he going to steal your picking it <laughs> baskets when he comes by? And then oh, you these, have Rocky. Oh, I, I read that. Also, the same thing that said the Q was uh, a train. The yogi was people who do yoga. I really doubt that. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it said. I but wouldn't name I just looked, anything. I after see Triton, and that just reminds me of Red yeah. Dwarf, the uh, android. But most guy. likely, that's well. It's probably not, yeah. but because you have Saturn and Magnus. What? Yeah, and, and Luna. Uh, I mean, are, why are they naming these winter storms after like celestial bodies? <laughs> and isn't Jove? Yeah, I know. Isn't Jove a biblical name? No, that's Job. What is Job? Um, like, well, J- Jupiter essentially. Uh, J- Jovian. Oh yeah, like the Jovian. Oh okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Jovian. They just didn't want to use Jupiter because they already had Saturn. <laughs> why don't they? And Plato. Why? Why don't they put Uranus in here? I don't know. Um, I just got hit by Storm and, Uranus. And they also have uh, Orko. I mean, wasn't that a character in He-Man? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Orko is He-Man. Uh, Rocky, all I think of is either Rocky and Bullwinkle or... Hey, Adrian! That Rocky. 
Uh, and then Nemo. I know there's a Captain Nemo, but all I think of is that stupid fish with the small arm. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. all I think of. Although, here's, here's a trivia question. What is Nemo's father's name? Mr. Nemo? Well, very good. <laughs> no, actually, it isn't. Their last name isn't Nemo, because then his <laughs> name would be Nemo Nemo. I'm okay with oh, that. come on. His name's Marty. Is it Marty? Yes. Anyone besides someone named Marty, would they know this? Uh, my wife does, because she uses it all the time. But. And what about Iago? Isn't Iago the bird from... From Aladdin, Aladdin yeah. These are yes, these Iago. are horrible winter storm names. They are. <laughs> they are. What were they thinking? But the Star Trek connection, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's actually... Um, the only reason why I know of this is because uh, the Star Trek Twitter... Uh, posted this Con today. Q? Yeah, because they put the con. They Q. said um, Con may be making a uh, appearance in Winter 2012? Question mark. Which would be kind of funny because a lot of people think he's going to make a appearance in Spring 2013. <laughs> I which doubt it. I really don't think. Yeah. That, you know, more and more, I don't think it is. But yeah, I just want to know. Where they found a guy with such a long name like Cumberbach. Anyway. Uh, so let's uh, get on to point. What's the point tonight? What are we searching tonight? All right, so we're going to be talking about the captains of uh, Star Trek. Okay. Okay. So talking points. You put talking points. Eric, I, I put, put talking points. points. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't put talking points. Really? No. I just, just write tangents everywhere. I just write stuff down and hope hope it goes well. When I learn how to write someday, someday. I will start doing that. Okay, so I um, set this up uh, chronologically, uh, starting in the Prime Universe. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, the first captain is Archer. Archer. The Enterprise NX-01. The captain of the NX-01, actually the son of Admiral Archer, who is... Wasn't he wasn't. A, he wasn't an was admiral. He, wasn't he a captain or something? No, he no. was just uh, an engineer. An engineer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting it mixed up because Archer supposedly becomes admiral. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. we'll talk about that later because I have a huge problem with that the JJ universe. But anyways, oh yeah, yeah. Archer Enterprise NX01. He was the first captain. Now, do you think that Bakula played him well enough? I think he did. I, I did. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, I, I got to meet Scott Bakula, uh, and I know you guys used uh, some sound clips from the captain's panel at Wizard World um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I really liked Enterprise. Uh, the first couple of seasons uh, I thought were a little slow, but I thought Scott Bakula yeah, did a phenomenal job as, as the first captain in Starfleet. You know, the first thing I thought of when I heard Scott Bakula was he's, you know, somehow his character from Quantum Leap leaped <laughs> into the captain's chair somehow. And that's all I thought of at first, but then he really wasn't tight-cast into that. He really was, like, his own character in this. He wasn't like Kirk. Right. He wasn't like Picard. Right. And, or anybody else we had encountered yet. Uh, he was kind of, you know, almost... He was almost timid. He was not timid to go out there, but he was... Right. Um, what I think is, in, especially you see it in the first two seasons, they were a bit mm-hmm. naive. You know, they were oh, thinking, yeah. hey, everyone we come across, you know, they're going to be cool. They'll like us. Yeah, they'll like us. I, I, if they don't, we'll kill them. Yeah, and there was a couple episodes, like, you know, where if there was a hostile enemy, they were saying, 
hey, this is the Enterprise from Earth, and it's like, okay, just, you know, telegraph your presence to the whole universe. Do you also realize that they probably don't understand what Earth is, what Enterprise is, who you are? (laughs) Yeah, probably. But at the same time, you know, I I think they were being a, a bit bold and a bit naive. But they definitely learned as the series progressed, especially with the whole Zindi arc, then, you know, Starfleet came to find out, hey, you know, we gotta, we gotta toughen up a bit. Right. And yeah, I think the, I think the biggest thing that his character pushed forward was that, yeah, the Vulcans, uh, although they seem to, and this was another weird turn for Star Trek, because we'd never seen this before. We'd always thought of the Vulcans as the, the nice helpers that made the way with us, you know, found us and helped us advance ourselves. And, they became basically the people who held us back for so long that Archer learned to actually um, become, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, weary of. Right. I really love that twist that Enterprise did mm-hmm. because it completely changed our view of the Vulcans where, whereas, you know, they can live 200, 300 years, you know, we don't. So, it makes sense that they would take things like advancing another species really slowly, maybe slow, more slowly than we would like. And I think that's what Archer grew up with, especially seeing, mm-hmm. you know, them holding his father back with the Warp 5 engine. And I really liked, as the series progressed, Archer, through to Paul, began to appreciate the Vulcans and have a new respect for them. You know, it also, it reached, the arc actually reached into what you thought of the Vulcans, uh, especially when you go to, when we come to the movie that came out in 09, because it kind of changed your perception. Even though you really didn't notice it, you did in that, I did at least, Yeah. notice that the perception of Spock and the Vulcans um, was a little bit different in that movie. Spock in that movie, in that that version of the movie wasn't like Nimoy in the original series where, or even the movies where you saw Nimoy as a helper, as a friend, as a this, that, and the next thing. I know it was a different arc because of the, t- the change, right. but Spock was kind of, I don't know how to put it, I guess in Dungeons and Dragons you'd say... Uh, what would you say? Malevolent. <laughs> you know, it would be... What would I say? Malevolent. Yeah. You know, he was good, but he was... You know, a background to him that he didn't mm-hmm. trust humans. Well, I don't know if it was that. I think part of it was that because he f- he struggled with his. See, in the original series, they didn't they did it, but not to this right. extent mm-hmm. that he struggled with his humanity. But at the same time, he also struggled with his Vulcanism. Right. Well, we saw in at least Star Trek Five, five when he's oh, born. <laughs> When they show Shatner! Spock being uh, born, Sarek uh, holds Spock up. He says he's human. He, he's human and uh, in disgust and kind of like hands him away. Well, I think that was a little bit... I think that, yeah, I think that that was Shatner's kind of twist on it too, but... I guess, but what I found odd was that wasn't how uh, his character came across in the Star Trek... I mean, uh, yeah. 2009 movie. I think it is. Um, yeah. Sarek? 
Um, he he was more friendly to Spock, it seems. I, I think he was a little yeah, bit more sympathetic because of the situation. Political. I mean, their planet just blew up and his mom died. So, <laughs> well, even uh, when he was younger and just had that uh, fist fight with uh, some other Vulcans, I thought the conversation he had with Spock didn't really seem like the uh, Sarek character. It did to me because Sarek, when he says that, uh, when he has that conversation in that hallway, mm-hmm. he is saying it from a perspective. One, he's being a politician. Uh, he right. doesn't say that, but that's what it is. He's saying it from a perspective of you have to decide what your choice is, but, you know, being firm and stoic about it. I don't think he's being empathetic like you think he was. Mm. I think he is at the end because, mm-hmm. again, what happened. Yeah. But I don't think he was in the beginning of that movie. I think he was very stoic and, you know what, this is why we are the way we are and get right. used to it. I, I, I suppose. It just is, I don't know, it just seemed like a different character to me. But Archer. <laughs> but that's, yeah. <laughs> but let's get back to Archer. Getting back to Archer. Uh, so give us what you think, Aaron. What I think? Of Archer. I think he was uh, overall a good captain. I can't say that he was my favorite captain, but he did a good job with what he had. I think that they definitely rushed out too quickly. I'm more of a fan of probably... I would, probably would have sided with the Vulcans and would have waited a little bit longer. Really? Well, yeah, uh, it, it does come to, to bite them in the ass. Uh, the episode Silent Enemy, when they had to basically build the phase cannons from scratch because they left space dock early and without them. They, they, they weren't prepared. Mm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They, they were forced into a different situation. Kind of reminds... But, well, I won't do that because I keep on jumping to other areas, but the Enterprise right. they will be installed on Wednesday. <laughs> Let me guess, Wednesday? It's Tuesday. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything else about Archer? I don't think he's the best captain. No. I think he's... He had a, a hard situation. The character being built has a hard situation because, in a way, he can't be the best because if you do that, then it's kind of favoritism because it's the newest thing on the block. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that he was at a disadvantage because they didn't know what to see out there. I mean, it was the first real ship that went out there. It was, right. you know, so... Uh, here, here's one of my favorite cl- quotes from uh, Jonathan Archer. He says, we're going to stumble, make mistakes. I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing, but we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. Except for the Vulcan. Anyways. (laughs) Well, the uh, Starfleet at this point is a homo sapiens only club, to use a line from Star Trek VI. Oh, now you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so Archer was a good stepping stone. But I think because of, like I said, because of where he was, it was just, uh, uh, he couldn't be the ultimate captain. Right. Yeah. He is the original captain. He's kind of like the, uh, the way I would put it is like the frontier captain. Right. Which is really what he is. Well, he becomes admiral, but then he also becomes, I believe... An ambassador. The president. President of the the Federation? Yeah, uh, the first president, right? No. Maybe. Um, no, actually no? not Not the first. He was first. there for the signing of the Charter of the Federation, so he couldn't be the first. I guess, well, yeah. There was, um, in, in A Mirror Darkly, 
uh, right. when mm-hmm. Ultimate Alt Archer is looking at the screen, the bio of Archer, there's a few snippets which say that he was, at his retirement from Starfleet, he was Chief of Staff at Starfleet Command with the rank of Admiral. He then became an honorary member of the Andorian Imperial Guard in 2164, Federation Ambassador to Andoria in 2169, and a representative of the Federation Council in 2175, ultimately President of the United Federation of Planets in 2184, where he served for eight years. And apparently he died exactly one day after attending the christening ceremony of the first Federation Starship Enterprise uh, in 2245. Because uh, yeah, their, their ship was not the Federation Starship Enterprise. It right, was the, it was the Earth Starfleet. Starf- but it was Earth Starfleet, yeah. So, 2245, that leads into Captain April. Right. So, and yeah. April's one that we don't really know much about because he was kind of made up by the creator of Star Trek. <laughs> um, well, didn't he make everyone up? Yeah, but he didn't <laughs> play everybody that he made no, up that's, either. No, that's true. And he didn't really even play. He just took a picture of himself in a uniform and said that was Captain April. Right. There's no live action uh, scene with him. No, uh, there's just that still photo of um, of Gene Roddenberry, yeah. right? But he also had an appearance in the animated series. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, I've only watched four or five episodes of the animated series because I did again. Yeah. I thought it was really old and it was pink. That, <laughs> right. ep- <laughs> that episode was called the Counter Clock Incident. So, so I don't it, remember it, it, much of that, but. It gave a little background into April and and his wife. So uh, during the 2240s, April oversaw the construction of the Consti- first Constitution-class starship, mm-hmm. um, or one of the Constitution-class starships that became the Enterprise. Right. And he commanded it from for five years, from 2245 to... 2250. Right. So yeah, so there isn't really much to say beyond that for April. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I thought I'd include him since he was uh, a captain of the Enterprise. Yes. I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't included in the JJ Enterprise though. Yeah, that would be later on. He'd still be alive, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be alive. He'd yep. be old, but he could be an admiral or commodore. No, he'd probably still be a captain. Maybe a captain of another enterprise. I'm um, not of, of another they constitution. Just build tons of enterprises because everybody's jealous. <laughs> of, a, of another constitution class starship. Could be. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice uh, nod, even though yeah. the timeline's different. Fleet captain. I, I guess you could do anything mm. now that the timeline's different. Next on our list, we have James Tiberius Kirk. What about Pike? Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what about Pike? Jumped right over to Pike. Uh, right over. Kirk, Pike, wow. Pike, Kirk, Kirk, Sprock, It's been Pike. a long day. <laughs> this is starting to sound like a... Did, did you just have Alzheimer's or something? No. Maybe. I just... Pike, I liked what they did with him in the 09 version. Yeah. The 09 movie, because there really was, again, another character that there really was nothing about, because except for, what, one episode? No, two. Two episodes. He's in two episodes of the original series, because the dope decided to go and... <laughs> do movies instead of TV. He could have been the Shatner, but the thing is, I don't think he would have been as good of a lead role. I don't think Kirk would have been as good... Um, Kirk, good. Now I'm doing what you did. <laughs> I don't think Pike would have been as good as a main character 
as Kirk was. Okay. Pike was kind of... The original Pike. Yeah, a little okay. bland. The new Pike, the guy that played him, I forget what his name is. Do you know what his name is, Eric? Oh, that was played by Bruce Greenwood. Yes. Uh, yeah. And he's actually a very good actor. Yeah, actually, excellent so. actor. But I do like how they put him in there. Of course, at the end, I think they messed up a little. They didn't put him in that, that thing, the ink encasement chair. But they still but had in like him a, in a wheelchair. In a chair. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you don't know if that's permanent. Well, I don't think that they could have really put him in that uh, TOS uh, wheelchair because it wasn't like he was. Uh, what happened to him in the? Yeah, he changed. Yeah, so, but Nero did a pretty good job on him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so again, that's just acknowledging the difference in the timeline. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was. I like the again the character in the movie, especially where he was in command of the Enterprise, and Kirk was trying to appeal to him whereas you didn't have that in the original series I think there was not really that much interaction between there was none technically right. uh, other than beeps and bops in the original series right yeah and in when, the broadcast yeah. when Kirk actually met Pike right Pike yeah it was just like boop one for yes two for no <laughs> right yeah they were so sophisticated in the future that one for yes two for no actually I think the uh the JJ universe is the first time we ever see like a regular old-fashioned wheelchair. Yes. Yeah. I could be could wrong. Have been like, it should no have been like a hover it chair. Floating. <laughs> yeah, it should be a hover chair. Or something at least futuristic like Professor X's. Well, do you remember that Next Generation episode with that Admiral? Yes, Jameson. Yeah. Mm. He his wheelchair was weird too. It was kind of it kind of looked like Picard's command chair, sure. but it was encased in something. Yeah. <laughs> I really found him to be annoying, by the way, Jamison. But anyways, okay. also the you know not uh, this is off topic, but the Enterprise D's bridge had uh, ramps for made for wheelchairs. Yes, yeah. um, which is why Jamison's uh, chair was able to roll down. I, I do like his name though, Jamison. <laughs> uh, is there anything else about Pike? That we can. There's talk not about. much more about him at all. No, I thought he was good in the cage. Yeah, the, we uh, really love that first pilot. pilot episode. They also had they had a TV in Pike's uh, quarters. They did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, like this huge TV. And it, but it still looked like the 1960s <laughs> TVs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had wood around it, I think, didn't it? I believe it so. Did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so who's next? Okay, now it's Kirk. James oh, Tiberius I... Kirk, uh, right? That's right. <laughs> I didn't skip anyone, right? <laughs> I think the cat. I think the character Kirk is is very well defined. I just think that the guy who played him is not very well defined. I like Shatner. Don't get me wrong, and he's an mm-hmm. icon. But and just... he'll be first to tell you that. <laughs> yes, I know that. That's part of the problem, right there. Is half of the issues that have come up in the Trek history behind the scenes have been because. Shatner has such a huge ego, but he really can't match up to that ego. But anyways, Kirk itself, himself is a very good character. I mean, especially since you could take his character and, again, rewrite it in 09, and it still comes out the same way. I thought, they do I it. thought it came out better. I thought um, Chris Pine's uh, rendition of Kirk was much better than William Shatner's. Really? It was more realistic. I think so, but I'm not a fan of... Uh, Shatner. Shatner, so. I am a fan <laughs> in the fact of almost a caricature. Because that's yeah. what we. I, I, you know, I like Kirk's. For instance, I like Kirk's. 
crew and movies and shows better than I do Picard. Really? Yes, mm. I always have. However, I like Picard as the character better than Kirk. Okay. Figure that one out. I can't. <laughs> yeah. but you just blew my mind. Doesn't take. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I, I like Kirk. I, I didn't grow up with Kirk. Um, I, I started, I was a Trekkie when I was five when the Next Generation premiered in May 7. Yeah, I'm dating myself. And, oh, you're younger than uh, me. Okay, so. I, I grew up with Next Generation and Picard. It was only later that I watched the original series. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really dug Kirk. Uh, he was sometimes flying by the seat of his pants into situations, but he was a good tactician. He was a good diplomat. Mm-hmm. And the way that he interacted with his crew uh, was great. He was very, very personable, especially with uh, the Yeomans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The green ones. The, <laughs> the blue ones. All the alien women. <laughs> I could see McCoy. They should have done that. Hey, Jim, what color tonight, huh? <laughs> So, I mean, Kirk's character, I mean, that's the thing. I like Kirk's character. I just don't like the way, I think sometimes the way Shatner himself acted yeah. was not that great. I think that's what I'm saying. I think it's the difference between the writing and the portrayal versus the persona that's behind the portrayal. Yeah, there there was some definite <laughs> overacting in, in all of the original series. Well, I think there's overacting in every single one of yeah. the Treks here. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's undoubtedly a piece of Trek lore. I mean, Picard could overact, but that was the Shakespearean, mm-hmm. you know, the Shakespearean in, in him. Uh, what else? Uh, Janeway? I mean, the best role she ever had was uh, Mrs. Columbus. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she also in Throw Mama from the Train? No. No? That ugly old woman? Oh, wait. Wow, she's not that old and ugly. Almost. I guess, not I guess that wasn't it. No. I, I thought she was not. Well, let's no, let's say... Um, Cisco. Let's look, say, at, look at Cisco, okay? He went from Spencer <laughs> for hire, and he was still playing Hawk on, <laughs> on Deep Space Nine. I mean, but the thing is, is that's, I mean, that's kind of what we come back, come come out from it. Pine's version of, of, of Kirk, I guess it's because of the age bracket we're in now, is more believable to me than when I was, what, seven years old or eight years old watching, or, you know, even younger, watching him in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the believability, you know. That also has to do yeah. with the effects, too. Again, Kirk's one of my favorite characters. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you have it Kirk, Spock, McCoy. That's the best mix I think you can come up with. People say, you know, Picard data. I don't think it even comes close. No, not at all. It doesn't, no. You know, uh, it, it's it's it, it's very similar. It may be parallel in certain areas, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing better than them three together. The original three, too. And right. they tried to capture that in Enterprise with uh, Trip. Archer and T'Pol, the Vulcan, the Southern gentleman, and the captain, and it it wasn't it was as good. successful. It was, it was enjoyable, yeah, it was good, but it's but it wasn't as good. Yeah, it's not Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. However, I will tell you this: I do think that what what the new guys in 09 did was almost as good. Yeah. Oh, oh. Just the fact that they rewrote kind of Bones and they gave you another piece of him that you never knew. Mm-hmm. The whole fact that he was divorced and. 
you know, the whole thing. Well, we knew we didn't like transporters are going into space, but that whole thing and how Kirk and him became fast friends and and then Spock, even the fact that it was different, mm-hmm. it, it, it melded, you know, like uh, because Spock was different in that way at the beginning, McCoy actually liked Spock better than he did <laughs> Kirk, right. whereas it was the other way around in the original series. Right. Well, I'm sure that will change. Oh, it did by the end of the, sh- the yeah. movie. Yeah. I I just think that Kirk, it's a character that you can't beat. Even even though the acting wasn't the best, it, it's mm-hmm. still one of those characters. You, I I would say that's the number one captain. Really? Yes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> hey. No, he's definitely um. He's definitely in the top ten. <laughs> four. <laughs> he's in the um, top five. <laughs> definitely in in the Federation. He's in the low ten. In Starfleet, he's definitely. The captain that everyone idolized. I don't know. Yes. Some people in Starfleet really hated him, especially in the movies. Yes. Like, damn it, Kirk, you know? <laughs> you you mm. got that sense, like, oh boy, Kirk's well, yeah. Kirk at it again. He hated, he hated anybody that outranked him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, um, you know, in Picard's day, I think he's been idolized. Oh, yeah. Usually, well, that comes with time. Fond- right, right. Fondness comes yep. with time. Kirk commanded the Enterprise 1701 and the 1701A. And what, do you have the years? I don't have years, no. Oh my god, you're I'm slipping. Not... <laughs> you're slipping. I know. And what was the 1701A supposed to be originally? Yorktown. Very good. Okay, so who's the next captain? Which, by the way, yes and no. I don't totally agree with this one, but go ahead. Okay, so Spock in the movies was captain... Only on training missions. Of well, it if became a training ship. Yeah, I know, but only on training missions. So therefore, it wasn't really a ship in service. I don't know uh, about about that, but but Spock, as far as being a captain in the original, well, I think the it was the seventeen oh one that was yeah, the it was the old I think, after the refit. old one that was the training ship. Yeah, after he became an admiral and uh, Deckard went nowhere with uh, Ilea. Yeah, so they had to give it to somebody. So in um, the Wrath of Khan, the the refitted original Enterprise was the training no. ship. Yeah, and one of the reasons why they wouldn't do the upgrades or the fixes or anything else is because it was old. It was what almost twenty five years old. Uh, actually, uh, forty years old at that point. Yeah, old ship. Well, you know, in three, there's there's one of the mistakes right there when he talks to the admiral because the admiral at that point says. Jim, she's over 25 years old when she would have been more like 40 yeah. years old. Well, she was over 25. Yes, well, but what about the how old or how long was the refit? Was he talking about the refit? No, he was no? talking about Enterprise. And, uh, In general? Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, well, I mean, Star Trek was never great with continuity. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I can I, Jim, I forgive. Jim, you've been captain for the last seven years. Uh, it was actually five. Oh, okay, the last five years. Anyways, so, um, yeah, Spock was Spock was a good captain, but he had very he, even when he was captain, he wasn't captain. It was always on to Kirk. His his yeah. his decisions were always deferred to Kirk because he one was an admiral, but two was the ranking officer on the ship. Mm-hmm. And when they did take it out, it was only under those circumstances because it was a training ship. And then, but he really didn't have the leader aspect until I think later in the series like when you get to six mm-hmm. Spock has that lead like the real captain ability like not mm-hmm. ability but the 
the how do I put it the leadership quality of a captain mm-hmm. where Kirk and him are basically equals right they're not like first officer and captain they run the ship together almost mm-hmm. Kirk has the final you know say but even with when the Klingons got uh, when they arrested Kirk Kirk you know deferred to Spock Spock would stay there and he'd go mm-hmm. but they were equals you know what I mean right you know but I think his leadership qualities got more defined by six. Uh, unfortunately, that was it for them. Right. I mean, so you didn't see him go any further except for in this new Abrams movie, you kind of see some of his leadership qualities come out again. No, actually, The Next Generation, you saw yeah. some of those too. In as unification. An, as an uh, ambassador. Yeah. So, yes, I can see him as being that. Um Oh, he he was a great first officer in the series, and sometimes as first mm-hmm. officer, you have to be put in command of the ship. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, Spock definitely considering, had command. Considering he was on that ship before Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you got next? Uh, so next we have. And by the uh, way, yes. I'm mad at you because you did not include the third captain of that group. Oh, uh, Scotty. Exactly. Well, he was he wasn't the captain of the Enterprise though. I know, not commander. So of um, actually, what I was looking up because uh, I did look into him. Yeah. He was referred to captain of engineering on the Excelsior. 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 <laughs> Excelsior. Yeah, that ship. The thing sabotaged. <laughs> right. Sabotage. He was re- yeah. Yes, he was. He was the captain of engineering there, but when he came back to the Enterprise, uh, Kirk referred to him as chief engineer. Yes. Uh, but he still held the rank of uh, captain. Actually, one of the problems is, is in, in again, in 3, mm-hmm. when he comes back to the Enterprise, he doesn't have the captain symbol on. He has the oh, I didn't even notice. commander symbol Does on. he? Yeah. And that's one of the... I, I pick up on these things all the time. I hate it. But um, but the only reason I say, you know, and, and technically so would have been McCoy. McCoy became a captain. Well, technically, if you want to get... Had if to. you want to get technically... Technical. Yeah. Um, Decker was in command of the Enterprise in oh, that's the, true. the uh, first movie. Yeah. Right, you're right. And then Kirk came in and said, listen, buddy, I <laughs> your father, I don't like you, I'm being captain. Get that? Right, I, I should have included him. Who was Decker. Decker, yeah. yeah. Although he was captain for like 12 and, minutes. And I could have also included um, Commodore Decker because he took command of the Enterprise. Yes, he did. That's true. Commodore Decker, whom, by the way, he died about three weeks ago. The guy that played him. Oh, yeah. I, I think you mentioned, mentioned you mentioned that, that but um, we we forgot to mention William it in the show. Something. Forget what his last name is, but okay. So who's next? So next, Harriman. Uh, uh, so you mean you're talking about Ferris Bueller's buddy? <laughs> yeah, his buddy. Yeah, took over the Enterprise, which was the first thing I thought of when I saw. The movie, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> and he played a very He's... Cameron-esque captain. <laughs> yes, very, very, very timid. Yeah, I can't believe that a guy like that would have been given the the flagship of yeah. the Federation and the fact. Well, maybe it's because Kirk was there. I, I think that was. Just... I think that was a huge part of it. When you got, yeah, you know, the at that point legendary crew of the original Enterprise. I, I think mm. you're under a, a bit of pressure. Well, the le- the legendary captain and you know two other guys that decided to do the movie because the other two. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I think is funny is I would have rather Kirk stay there and Harriman get killed. 
<laughs> that would have made a very different movie. movie. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that they had Kirk go out like that uh, to quote a Klingon inglorious battle, but uh, they should have left it at that. I don't think they should have brought him in with the Nexus, but that's with Cod? Yeah, with Kirk, but that's a uh, different. That's another night for that's another an, story. Yeah. I mean, another story <laughs> for another night. I think Harriman would have been good if they went with that character. I could see them doing another Enterprise, like, going with that. that with story. the B? Yeah. Or one of the captains, you know what I mean? Harriman, I think, again, I think he was too timid. Even being nervous, I think he was too timid. Okay. I think the cat, the car- like I said, Cameron all the way. 100%. I was waiting for him to back his father's car out the... Uh, Back his father's shuttlecraft. Shuttlecraft out of the, uh, yeah, shuttle bay. Uh, Another thing could be that as uh, an Excelsior-class ship, the Enterprise-B was more of a science vessel and not Mm -hmm. necessarily the flagship of the fleet like the original Enterprise was. Well, it would have been the most up-to-date ship. It was a variant that we've never seen again. Yeah, it had it had a bow like a regular ship has. I didn't understand that. What was it going to break ice? <laughs> that just did make. I think they just did it to make it look a little different, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, it was a hundred percent the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm I like ex, the Excelsior class uh, design. Yeah, I think it's a very versatile ship. It's used well into the twenty fourth century. The Great Experiment. Not even the Constitution-class starships I used no, um, I, are in that well, service no, that long. There, actually, during the Dominion War, there were a few... There was a refit version, like the A, in that group of ships. I, uh, I yeah, and at that, at that point... And a couple of Miranda-class, too. Well, at that point in, in the series, they were pretty much bringing everything out of mothballs and yeah, right. scrapping it together just so they could yeah. have ships. <laughs> And plus, they were down ships because of the Borg. That's true, after uh, they destroyed first contact. One, yeah, so they were down. They were bringing everything they could into into fight. In fact, yeah. you can hear Kelsey Grammer's voice both in first contact <laughs> and... Actually, before you got here, uh, <laughs> uh, me and Eric were talking about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. the boss himself. <laughs> and uh, him in that and also in the Dominion Wars, you can hear him a couple of times. But it's just a replay of the same song over and over again. <laughs> I wonder how much he gets paid for his voice. But I don't know. I wonder at what point... Considering he almost destroyed the whole Enterprise D. Oh, I guess. Well, the um, what me and Aaron were, were talking about earlier, uh, there's actually a great follow-up um, involving uh, Bastion, uh, who Kelsey Grammer plays. Yep. Uh, it's a book called Ship of the Line. Yep. And it's actually a really great follow-up to that episode as a side note. Yeah, it would have been the oldest ship in service. Yeah. Well, I guess, but because yes of no. because of that temporal temporal loop... Yeah. It wouldn't it, be old, it, Yeah, but it would be the oldest right. of its type. I mean, because yeah. it's from that time period. Um, it's just that Harriman, again, getting back to him, uh-huh. I think it was good... I think it was more for comedy relief. Oh, most definitely. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. There was no real lasting need for his captainship. Um, and the fact that they showed Sulu's daughter as the helmsman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Harriman, you can almost pretty much jump over. Who do you have next? <laughs> well, jump. speaking of, uh, <laughs> we're talking about temporal loops. Mm-hmm. That leads into 
uh, Garrett of the 1701C. Uh, and it was the first time you saw a woman in charge of a ship like that. Well, in charge of the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. We've seen in uh, Star Trek Four there was a female captain. No idea where her name was. Um, but Garrett, I think she was exactly what she came from. She was a captain during a war or hostile time. Um, she's more battle-ready than, say, Harriman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, you know, Picard is battle ready from his past when it, you know when he was younger as far as stargazer and all that and he has that in him yep. mm-hmm. but he's more of a at the beginning of the next generation he's more like as we've said before a captain Steuben than he is uh you know a leader i think well, he's a hard ass he's a hard the... ass but he's not he's an administrator he's not like a guy you send out into battle or at least you don't think of him that way well not in the first yeah no, yeah not in the first couple seasons yeah, yeah. And when you send out, um, you have Garrett juxtaposed to him. She was kind of like it's kind of like the idea of like the World War Two fighters versus you know somebody today. Even though they fight just as hard and it's just as dangerous, mm-hmm. the technology has made it a little bit less uh, gritty. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, and she actually dies in the alternate twenty fourth century before the ship goes back to the yes. Uh, battle at uh, Narenda 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So technically, that was changed. Well, she would have died no matter what, yeah. most likely. But Right. But from what we've seen of yesterday's Enterprise, uh, I think she was a good captain, a uh, yeah. good leader. Right. Yeah. Probably, uh, yeah, definitely unlike Harriman that we've seen mm-hmm. in Generations. Yeah, the type that you want in a dire situation versus... The type Harriman would be more of a, like you said, a science vessel. Right. Yeah, Garrett was definitely willing to fight in the here and now. But she didn't. She used a line in in the in the show episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, she was definitely willing to go at the Klingons, which is funny since she w- came to the aid of the Klingons in at Narenda Three. Yes. Yes. And lost would have lost, lost her, her life, life, but she lost it before she got there. Yeah. <laughs> got back. Yeah, got back, got forward, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm I'm I get dizzy just trying to figure out which way we're going. So who's next after? Garrett. So next we have Captain Picard of the no, Enterprise. We'll just skip D right over him, he's not important. And the <laughs> Enterprise E. And we don't know. Maybe he was in charge of the F too. Who knows? There's a lot more letters in the alphabet. Right. To use a line. That he uses quite <laughs> often, actually. He's willing to blow up anything in order to. I want to see what the next Enterprise is going to look like. Let's just self destruct. <laughs> it's actually in um, the Enterprise F is uh, in I think the newest Star Trek PC game. Uh, I, I think it's in. Um, oh, what's the name of that Star Trek? Oh, wow. It's that online Star Trek Online. Yeah, yeah, Star, Star Trek, Trek Online. Mm-hmm. That took a lot to figure that one out. <laughs> I was like, what's that? What's that, <laughs> that online Star Trek game? Online thing? What's it called? What's that it's online game that has what? Star Trek? But they show the F, huh? Yeah, they show the F. It was actually uh, Is it an designed... elongated version of what they already have. Um, let me let me look for picture really okay. quick. Yeah, it's um. We're not supposed to let the audience know we're looking things up. <laughs> we're supposed to know this stuff. Uh, it's. I know. There's a lot. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was actually designed by uh, a fan. Uh, they right, actually held designed. a contest for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I I think it's a good looking ship. Yeah, it's it's basically a little bit more basically, elongated, yeah. but it looks exactly the same as the Enterprise as the Sovereign class. Yeah, it's definitely a. I mean, it's definitely taking its cues from the uh, from the Sovereign. There's a lot of different designs. I remember this huge design push was big when they first came out with the design for the E mm-hmm. back when they were coming out with First Contact and there were like people you know sneaking things out and all this and it was kind of cool seeing all the designs they came up with you know but anyways anybody know who the F's captain is? No. If they even came up with According one, according to memory beta it's Captain Vakel Sean uh, who cool. is an Andorian and a guy Oh, God. He's a male Andorian, command of the Belfast, and then later the USS Enterprise F, according to Star Trek Online. He would be... Well, actually, no, I lie. I was going to say he would be the first Alien? non-human captain, but Spock was also a captain, so yeah. I guess I can't say that. The, the first, first Andorian. The first Andorian, the first fully alien. Yeah, because... Yeah, Spock is captain. Yeah, Spock's half, half human. human, and the Vulcans are actually more humanoid than a lot of the aliens out there. Yeah, they well, resemble humans more than more than others. Yeah. yeah. So even though the Enterprise F and Star Trek Online aren't really canon, uh, it's mm-hmm. good to talk about it. But going back to Picard, right? Picard, Jean Luc Picard, <laughs> Jean Luc Picard, Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> yeah, he is a Frenchman. Who speaks with a British accent? Yes, yes, that's one I've never understood. <laughs> who speaks who's a Frenchman who speaks English in a British accent? Yes, but nobody speaks uh, foreign languages in the future on Earth. You figure this out? Well, he spoke French uh, to his mother mm-hmm. on yes. in that episode. I I forget which episode it was. It wasn't actually his mother, but it was a uh, representation of his mother. Really? Oh, that yeah. oh, that was the one with uh, the traveler. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because that that was uh, I went to they had a remastered next generation remastered showing in theaters, and mm-hmm. that episode was one of them. And yeah, I, I, okay. I remember that clearly. And he he did speak uh, French in that scene. So let's see. Uh, do you guys have any favorite moments the with captains? Picard? With Picard? Yeah. My favorite moment was... Uh, Ashley's going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> there are four lives. <laughs> so, ch- uh, Chain of Command? Yeah. That was one of my favorites, I think because he was just being tortured. I love seeing it. Um, uh, I think one of my <laughs> other favorite times of Picard was All Good Things. I liked that whole... Mm-hmm. I think it was the best in that. I think everybody was uh, the best in that. My favorite... Captain Picard episode that focused on a little bit of his history uh, was the episode Tapestry. Oh, yeah. I, By we talked far, about that. one of my favorite Picard episodes. Yeah, that was a good episode. We talked about that our last episode. We yeah. talked about um, Tapestry. I also like what was the one where he was trapped... God, I'm... I can't think of this. He was trapped on the planet with the alien and trying to get past... Oh, Darmok. Darmok. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I really like that episode because Picard was completely alone. He was using his wits. He was mm-hmm. using his diplomacy uh, to I get out of the situation. 
but it drove me crazy listening to that for an hour. It was like, are you kidding me? But it was a good episode. Yeah, I I don't think there's a moment in uh, The Next Generation where I don't like Picard. Aaron, you get a little brown right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought he was, uh, I mean, he was kind of an ass in the first episode. Uh, he was supposed to be, though. But he was supposed to be. When he first meets uh, Riker for the first time, he asks Riker to uh, make sure he doesn't make an ass in front of himself, in front of the children. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, he goes, Welcome to the Enterprise, Commander Riker. And shakes his hand, and it, the tone changes. Yeah. So I don't know if I can really pinpoint an episode where he's gr- the greatest, but I think the ones that you guys mentioned were pretty good. Uh, which which of the movies did you guys think that Picard was the best in, or at his best? First mm. content. By far. See, See uh, oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I love First Contact. I've seen that movie like 40 times, and I know it by heart. But I really like Picard in Insurrection, hmm. because... We got to see him kind of uh, step out of his comfort zone. I liked his romance with Anish um, uh-huh. in Insurrection. So it made Picard a little bit more human and less of a... We got to see more of the human side as opposed to the captain side. Right. I just honestly think that Insurrection, as I said to Aaron, we've said on this show before, I think as Insurrection at best is a good... Show it's a good episode, not yeah, a good movie. That's it. I agree. Um, and I don't. I think I'm just, you know, I think I'm just um, biased, biased towards that fact because I don't like the movie. Honestly, I just, I just don't. But uh, yeah, I think it would have been a better multi-part episode <laughs> instead of a movie, like a good two-parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I actually uh, don't really like Picard in any of the movies. Really? I felt I wow. I feel like he wasn't um, the character the, the character was different. I felt well. He I don't know. Different. I, I I don't know why it it could be. I feel like the chemistry wasn't there in any of the movies. Yeah, between him and the cast, I thought the movies were lacking. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't do as well as they could have done. Hmm. Probably why it only they've only had four movies do you think do you think it's because that perhaps the next generation movies were more action focused and that really wasn't what the next generation as a series was about yeah i think that's probably part of it the next generation series was more more mental than it was physical right and we talked about this before that's why i don't like it as much as the original movies okay or the original series However, I disagree with Aaron on that whole there were only four movies. There were only five movies for the original series. And I say five because I do not consider five to be an official movie. Oh, well, I, but there I, really I were only count, six. I was only counting the Next Generation movies. Yeah, but four to six, that's not much difference. And unfortunately, if there were more, you'd have to take off your shoes to start counting, too. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I just... It isn't the same thing. I think when you go to the big screen, it has to be action. It can't be a mental movie, right? Because Star Trek, you know, fans are not going to go for the mental movie. Well, that's true, and fans outside the series aren't going to go for a mental movie either. Although J.J. Abrams was mental, 
But it was, it was nonstop action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can have both though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the the movies. Uh, the the next generation movies. That was what was lacking. It didn't have the mental plus the action. It was. Well, it seemed like I it was just Eric action. That the insurrection. If you want to go as far as mental versus, and, and I'll go as far as to even say, I disagree with you. I think that Generations, Insurrection, and even Nemesis are mental movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they deal with psychological sides that, I mean, I guess First Contact kind of does in the fact that he's bothered by the Borg, mm-hmm. but it's more about... But that was Borg, straight Borg, action, Borg. and that was yeah. why that yeah. was right. the biggest grossing Next Generation movie. Yeah, yep. And I think it actually beat the originals, too. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I disagree with you totally. Th- those were mental movies. Well, maybe the issue is it wasn't dealt well enough for, in my opinion. Maybe the issue is you. <laughs> no, um, well, I well, agree my that point it's was, not your, there was it's not your kind of cup of tea. Right, me. right. So, like, well, cup saying, of like, the, gray. Yes. <laughs> actually, uh, side point. I don't know if I got to mention this in the last episode. I wanted to think. Geek is selling tins of. Officially li- Star Trek licensed Earl Grey tea. I saw that, probably, and that is they probably awesome. Taste like, that they is probably awesome. taste like the tin. I'd still buy it for the yeah, tin. I would too. <laughs> I've got Captain Picard Earl Grey tea. Great. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with I agree with you that can see why I can I know how you are, Aaron, mm-hmm. and I know why you feel that way. Right. Um, I just think the original ones were much better because they were the original cast and there was so much history with them whereas mm-hmm. even though you had seven years of the next generation the next generation it, it just you know the difference between I guess it's the difference between movies and TV it's just you know different I guess Trans- transforming from a a movie uh, from a TV show to a movie is very hard and I know that and mm-hmm. for for the original series it took um what, t- 10, 12 years to, to go from series to movie. And at that point, people yeah, were... 69 to 79, yeah, yeah. people were clamoring for a Star Trek movie. Nobody's ever seen people ask for a movie of something like that or bring something back like there was with Star Trek. That was the first time that really ever happened. Yeah. Right. And the only other time it's ever happened, believe it or not, is um, Family Guy. Not to bring him up again, but <laughs> that's the only time... That it's been brought back from, you know, TV death. Well, you've also got um, science fiction shows like Farscape, which was brought back, and they had a miniseries, and also Firefly was too. With uh, Serenity, yeah, and yep, and Red Dwarf was too. Red Dwarf has another uh, series coming out. How about we get all the Star Trek fans to start clamoring for a new series? I think they are. I think it already is, yeah. <laughs> but organized. They, uh, the problem with Star Trek is a lot of times, like we have these indie films, that's great, and other people want to do the, you know, the, the animation, and they don't always get together like other series do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many sides to Trek fans. Right. So that would be great if they did. But as far as Picard goes, I think Picard would be my number two, obviously. I said Your number two, Captain. be number two. Yeah, and I'm not saying he looks like number two. I'm just <laughs> saying he'd be number two. Uh, I I would say that I would say Picard's up there for me. 
De- definitely number two. Definitely in the top ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. He he's my number one actually. He's my number Have one. You written a love letter to him that says that? Not yet. He's my number one and only. No, I I think he'll be afraid, <laughs> frightened. Well, he did make a movie called Jeffrey once, so maybe he, did. he wouldn't be as afraid as you think. Maybe but. not. But okay, let's uh, well, move on. Number one, that would be Riker. Yes. Uh, so Riker was captain of the Enterprise D in uh, Best of Both Worlds. Best. He got the uh, also captain of the Titan. Well, he's also captain of the Titan, but in uh, Best of Both Worlds, he was uh, promoted to uh, the uh, field rank of uh, captain. captain, and then summarily demoted, demoted <laughs> back to commander after the guy who became a traitor came back to the right side. Not just kidding. Yeah, I I, I liked him as the cat. That was an interesting twist when they did that because Riker had never really been in charge for something that big. Yeah. And uh especially who was his lieutenant Shelby? What lieutenant Shelby, yeah. 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 And she was kind of a firecracker too. Yeah, and oh, besides the fact that she was attractive, but well, I, I didn't think she was that attractive, <laughs> but she was definitely trying to make her way up yeah. uh, the chain of command. And she was uh, later on; she was around trying to do that too, and it ended up getting her killed, didn't it? No, she she I, didn't die. I thought she died later on in one of the Dominion War things. No, she did not die. Uh, she's actually heavily in the uh, novels, uh, Peter David's. Uh, uh, New Frontier novels. She gets her own ship, right? Yeah, and I think becomes an admiral at some point. Well, well they give that out. <laughs> well, Janeway. Janeway. Oh, yeah. come she, on. First of all, she lost the ship <laughs> let's for say, seven let's years. Let's save the Janeway bashing and me defending her <laughs> when when that well, time comes. Okay. <laughs> we'll save it. Hey, Peter uh, Falk would, uh, <laughs> would defend her, too. <laughs> so like her. Uh, if he was alive. <laughs> So let's let's move along to Captain Joe Jerick Je- Captain Joe <laughs> uh, Captain Jericho Jericho uh Je- Jellico? Yes what isn't it Jellico Jellico Yeah Jellico yeah, like, Je- like Jello Yeah yeah, yeah. Jellico But I think they took the name Jericho and like kind of changed it so it wouldn't sound like it I think that's why they used it though I I don't know My my I have a little frog in my throat so that that's my excuse for mispronouncing things tonight but he was uh, the captain of the Enterprise D in the episode Chain of Command. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also one of was, your favorite episodes, Marty. Yes. And he was also... Um, wasn't he previous to that somebody else's captain? Officer? Probably. I thought he was involved with somebody else in that. Uh, but I liked that episode. Yeah. Great episode. He definitely had a different command style than Captain Picard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do it my way or I'll shoot you. Basically. Yeah, he was... But it was because of the situation. Yeah, but it seemed like him being that authoritative and that demanding, I think that came across as the norm for me, even though the situation, he was pretty strict. But it just seemed like that was that is his natural command style. Oh, yeah. He was like, get, get that stupid fish out of here or something like that. Yeah. Was that what he... Yeah. And... Have Deanna Troy in a standard uniform? In a uniform, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't yeah. totally disagree with that. Yeah, neither do I. I think she, she looked good in a uniform. She wore that uniform for the rest of the uh, yeah. series, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember coming out naked, so <laughs> I don't remember when... That, that's only at a no, we Betazoid wedding. Yeah, and we, we didn't get to see the, the Betazoid wedding, unfortunately. I just... Um, <laughs> 
some of the things like her being on the bridge and that was the difference between and I think you definitely saw this and I think that was planned that episode was planned for part of the reason because it was the change between true Roddenberry next generation mm-hmm. and what's his name's uh, uh, Ber- Berman next generation Berman yeah that was I think that was more in reality Berman's change because he was if you notice anything with Berman is more militaristic do you remember what season that was I don't remember five I think. Ch- chain, chain of command yeah that was season six actually six oh, okay so towards the end, but I think honestly, it took him. I mean, Roddenberry died in what was it, season five? Uh, I don't know. It was ninety one, right? So yeah, season season five. Yeah. yeah, the beginning of season five mm-hmm. and Trek six. So yeah, he um, basically, I do see that as the turning point. It took Burn a year a year to kind of take the reins and then say it's my way of the highway, much like Jellico did. And I think that's really apropos that that episode's like that because it's also how it was, I think, in real life. Hmm. Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I I'll never... be doing my doctoral thesis. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hours being alone, having nothing to think about, but <laughs> trick. Anyways, but I think I think really that that signaled the end and I think that's where Trek really changed like in Deep Space Nine it was much more militaristic oh yeah and obviously and and Deep Space Nine started in what Next Generation 6 yep. season right yeah and that was really um, uh, what's his name Berman's first real show it was his mm-hmm. spinoff um, and then obviously Voyager was militaristic too uh, a little bit more touchy-feely like the next generation in a way but still militaristic but uh, you know really didn't, terrible didn't we just say <laughs> we're gonna wait on the bashing <laughs> sorry all right so who's next i like voyager uh so next we have cisco and he was uh the commanding officer of the of deep space nine and uh the, the defiant actually wasn't that both uh yeah he was but the ship is separate than the station. But Cisco took yeah, command of it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> he felt his he felt his Kirk as Shatner. And yeah, and Worf. 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 <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. He. Worf. What? Uh, what season did he come on? Uh, Worf. Yeah, the fourth season. When did they usually get around four that everything changed? When did they get to Defiant? The fourth oh, season. Oh, seriously, <laughs> Defiant came in the end of the third or, season. Oh, right, right, right. End the of the special, third. That's like, right. Cliffhanger thing at the end of the third season, and then the fourth That's season, right. Wolf yeah. came in and he became the commander of the Defiant. And in fact, the the episode that the Defiant is shown, mm-hmm. you don't know they have it until the end. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. true. That was, it was the big it was uh, reveal. All cloaked. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And that's an interesting I haven't, thing I haven't rewatched that. Yeah, I haven't rewatched that in a while. Oh, you need I, to. I need to. Um, but yeah, it was season four that it, things changed there, and then Dominion War was season five through seven. Yeah. What What I liked about Cisco, in in terms of how they connected his story to the Next Generation, was that he was at the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine in the first episode, escaping from the the ship. Yeah, and that was cool because that was what the first time we ever saw an escape pod used. Yeah, that's true, and. I, he blamed Picard yes. for Jennifer's death, his wife. Mm-hmm. And, that, was and interesting. that scene where they met, where you see two captains meeting like that, and Cisco is straight up like, I don't want to even deal yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. I, I thought was the beginning of 
Deep Space Nine setting itself apart from the other Star Trek series, right. becoming a, a darker. It was also the first time more realistic. It was also the first time it wasn't on an Enterprise. Yeah, and it was also the first time that the commander was not a captain. He was commander Cisco, right? But Who, the commander he, also is the the command level that you put in charge of a station. I found that out too. Yeah, and he also becomes captain later yeah. on. Yeah, later the, on. the rank of captain. When they find out it's ridiculous calling him Commander Cisco, I think he also in the fact that he was a commander. I think they set this up for a reason. I think it made him have to grow mm-hmm. in order to become realized as being because the other captains that came basically looked down at him because they weren't they were higher rank than he was. Yeah, this this was really the first time that we've seen a person come into their own as captain yeah. earning that rank. Also, mm-hmm. Whereas the previous ones they were already captain, we didn't get to see their transition. That, that, that's a good point. It also mirrors the fact of when um Kieran Arise becomes she kind of grows up in that way too mm-hmm. later on. Because at the end of the series, she becomes commander of the station. You know what I mean? She's like the first officer in that in that idea, but she also grows in that way as well. But Cisco, definitely the fact... One, I think Avery Brooks is a brilliant actor anyways, but I think it was one of the best you know characters ever created. I, I don't know if he's the best captain, but I think he's one of the better characters that was ever created for Star Trek. I think also the fact that he didn't come from the typical captain background. Right. He, again, growing up in the area, in the thing, he was, what, blue uniform when he was on the... He wasn't red uniform. No, he was. Was he red uniform? He was a red. Was he red? Yeah. yeah. He was the commanding... But the he, he was the he was the right. uh, second officer. first officer. Right, he was second. Oh, second. Yeah, he wasn't first okay. officer on that no. ship. Um, I forget what ship it was, too. It got destroyed. Uh, that was it the Saratoga. It doesn't matter, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah Saratoga. He was the first. Was officer. he first officer? Yeah. I thought it was second. He officer. was quite an interesting character. And then how they put it into the religious aspect was even better. Plus, I like the fact that he was a parent. He was a single parent, which mm-hmm. we haven't seen before right. from a captain. Yeah, yeah he's the first so, um, family man. Yeah, the first family man captain. Yeah. Which I thought was a, a great relationship uh, between him and Jake. I, I, I thought, overall, D Space Nine is one of my favorite series. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite series out of all of them. Yeah, just because we got to see so many different aspects of Star Trek that we never saw before. And we got to see different aspects of a captain. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, not only was it... Because, like we said before, Captain starts off with that level, and usually they have that respect. He had to earn it. Not only that he was a lower rank, but also because that station was just recently turned over to the Federation, and the people that were still there had never been under the Federation. Right. After... Excuse me. After the uh, Bajor... uh, Sorry, Cardassian occupation of uh, Bajor. Yeah, you guys have any uh, favorite... Cisco moments? I think my favorite Cisco moment is two of them, really. Mm-hmm. First one would be when he when they went to the holodeck to play the baseball games. Okay. Take, yeah. take me out to a yeah. house. Yeah. The house yeah. yeah. That was one of my favorite because it actually brought it down to a level. That was the first time they really had, other than like in the next generation where they had done like Robin Hood and a couple of the other holodeck uh, right. suites, this mm-hmm. really did make it like realistic because it brought it down to baseball and who I mean what person even if you are a geek doesn't know baseball but then you also have 
my other favorite one was the uh, last episode where they where he technically dies, but he disappears. Oh, uh, what they, you leave behind? Yeah, and that actually was not one of my favorite episodes. No, no. I always thought that they should do like a tenth anniversary where they actually tell you what happens <laughs> because it's one of those hang and i've said this before star trek is all about hanging questions but at least with the next generation when it ended there may have been a hanging question at that that card game but you knew there was a movie six months in the in the future <laughs> right. deep space nine there was never anything again you don't know if cisco came back and got his ball you don't know what happened with the cardassians you don't know what they, happens they i mean uh, every series gets the post you know, series books. And I know it's not canon, but I mean, they, they go into it in the novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my favorite Cisco moment has to be in the pale moonlight where he's just talking to his captain's log, but oh, plus act- the audience. Actually, that, that's uh, my favorite moment. I had forgotten about that one. That's a very good one. And where at the end he deletes it. Yeah. Because he had to lie and go against Star Trek principles, Starfleet principles, to change the face of the war and get the Romulans involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, which and, is actually how they won. Yeah, and to have him basically spill his guts out in the captain's log, which we haven't seen before, that perspective, mm-hmm. like we were the computer yep. watching him. And it also it also made him human, because in the end, even though the consequence was his conscience in a way he could live with it yeah because it it ended such a horrible thing yeah i mean when they did get the romulans that's really what did change the war they would have lost otherwise yeah that that is by far it's it's in my top five star trek episodes but it is my top uh benjamin cisco moment yeah it's also funny how the romulans uh it's a fake yeah it's a fake just where the Romulans come in and save everybody in the end is kind of juxtaposed to where the Romulans were the original bad guys, you know? Right. Yeah. Who's next? Anybody? Uh, no, no, no one's next. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Catherine Janeway of yes. Voyager. Yeah, Voyager. So, Marty. Uh. <laughs> you really want me to start on that one? Uh, let's see, Janeway. Let's talk about what's good about Janeway. She changed what a captain was in the history of Star Trek because she didn't believe in following any rules. I mean, really. The, I mean, that's, some of the things... That's not true. Um, eh, somewhat. A little bit. Again, yeah, they're stranded in the Delta Quadrant. You know, they have to bend some rules. But right. even when there was another captain, Captain Ransom, that they found in the Delta Quadrant, he was right. breaking prime directive, all morale, morality, you know, killing mm-hmm. innocent aliens just to get home faster. Uh, That's true. She was, at times, a stern follower of the prime directive and the rules of Starfleet. But she knew when to bend them but not sacrifice her morality or you know the feelings of of the crew we're not talking about you know uh, the difference is is ransom wasn't the main character right you know as bad as he was yes that you know an anti-hero basically Hmm. okay with her she was the one of the main characters i wouldn't say she's the main character because in Star Trek, even though the captain is the central point, right. it's not always the main character. 
my problem is is that she didn't just do it once in a while just to get back. She did it almost every episode. I mean, there were certain things she did constantly. And it, even in the end, she basically does it with her own future self. Oh, yeah. That's one of my uh, least favorite episodes. Where they destroyed the I, I don't want, conduit. I, I don't want to bash Janeway. Why not? Uh, totally. I actually think she wasn't a bad actress. The thing, the difference is, is whereas Kirk, I think he was an overactor, and I think sometimes he was horrible, but the character I really liked, mm-hmm. it's the opposite here. I think she's actually a good actress. Yep. Played it very well, it's just the character I did not like. Okay. I see. I, I liked Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's not, I mean, I like all Star Trek. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it your favorite? Though? Voyager is not my favorite, but it is in the top three. I like Voyager because... I think it brought back a sense of exploration and a sense of the original series, like their five-year mission, because they were in a completely new part of the galaxy. I think Voyager had that sense of exploration uh, that may be Deep Space Nine, after Deep Space Nine, it was getting back to that exploration of a completely yeah. new side of the galaxy. The problem with it was is some of the premises. Like, I, I'm not so against Voyager in, in that part, like you're saying, but the problem was is, for instance, if they were going to create characters in the Delta Quadrant that would be totally different, why did they start out with a character that was always called the Klingons of the Delta Quadrant, you know, the Kazon. They weren't enough different. Um, I don't think they were trying to think outside of the box. Uh, they did later on, especially with the uh, species 8472. But, and, and a couple of the others, like uh, the, um, what was the, who were the ones that were the hunters? Um, the, uh... Herogen? The Herogen, right. Yeah, yeah, I like them, too. Yeah. There were certain things about it I did like, but it's just one of my least favorite. But, you know, I... I think Janeway did what she had to do to get her mm-hmm. crew home, but, you know, she did it while trying to preserve the ideals of the Federation uh, and Starfleet. Right. I, I think every captain has broken oh, yeah. the Prime Directive <laughs> in some form or another. Required, actually. But I think, I don't know, Janeway just wasn't, I don't know, she wasn't my favorite commanding officer. I, I don't think anyone... I, I didn't even like Chakotay, actually. Um, he just wasn't... I don't know. It's something about him. He, he didn't have uh, commanding... I think what they wanted to do with with it was to be different. That was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Janeway, I don't think, was your typical commanding officer. Right, well, she was a honest, science officer. Yeah, she came quite, from a science it, background, right? Yeah, and she also seemed like, you know, somebody that would be more... Yeah, science officer, but also a scientist who would be more behind a desk doing paperwork than... Well, that's why she... Riding a chair and... That, that's yeah, why she eventually became an admiral, because she became an admiral before Picard, because Picard was offered being an admiral quite a few times, but he mm-hmm. loved the Enterprise. Just like right. Kirk. J- exactly, just like Kirk. I think Janeway probably had enough fill of her exploration and yeah, wanted she to be... actually didn't like being captain. Right, and wanted to be behind the desk, and then she became yeah. an admiral. So... Right. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that how every captain is different and evolves differently post being a captain. I mean, we didn't get to see that with right. Picard. I mean, he's he's still out there being a captain, but I think he would become 
admiral sooner or later. I, I would say Actually, I later required rather to. than be required to. <laughs> Huh? I, I would say he would rather become Admiral later rather than sooner. I also think that it's true that he'd be an ambassador, too. Yeah, I can see him not even mm-hmm. be, being, a, after retiring from Starfleet, I could see him be going straight from captain to an ambassador, definitely. Just like Spock did. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Eric, I know uh, <laughs> I know. me and Marty don't have any favorite uh, episodes that feature Janeway. I'll, at least I don't think he does. Uh, do you have any... Uh, Janeway episodes that are your favorite? One of my favorite Janeway episodes, I would have to say it was the episode where she kind of like looks into herself after Kess gets hit by an energy field and Mm -hmm. Janeway has to go through kind of this like spiritual awakening where she can't be completely scientific and she can't use the scientific process. She has to think in more abstract terms. Um, right. It was it was early on. I think it was the second season. I'm for the life of me, I'm trying to remember the episode. But, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to remember. Uh, you know, you're able to come up with the episode names. I couldn't, <laughs> except for a handful. I could never remember the episode names. I, you I'm, know, it's just something I never could. I, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at that, but right now, not really. But um, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if it comes to me, I'll say it. But mm-hmm. I remember that one. Yeah, I, I think it was uh I think it was a good episode just because, you know, we got to see her out of her element in terms of scientific mm-hmm. thinking. And you can pretty much say that all the Starfleet captains, because they're in Starfleet exploration, they're all really scientists at heart. You know, they're not going to turn yeah. down, you know, ex- exploring or discovering something new. They're true explorers, right. yeah. Well, one of the ones, I'll tell you, I don't have a favorite, but there's one that comes to mind all the time that I always talk about. Actually, one episode that I actually really like, which is two parts, The Year of Hell. Yes. And her character is actually pretty good in that one. Yeah. Because they show her go through such extreme changes of how many people die, how many times they keep on getting attacked, what she's willing to do. Things like that. I liked that episode. I I, I agree. That that was a a great episode. I'll go with you guys with that, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You gotta like one, at least, you know? Episode that I like? There's a couple episodes that I like. I don't don't have any Janeway-centered episodes. Uh, Yeah, I can't think of any. I I also like the episode that explores her family history, uh, which was the episode uh, 1159. Oh, yeah, I remember that. With the Millennium Gate. Yeah. And it it really showed that she had, she built up her ancestor to be like, oh yeah, she was one of the first explorers of Mars and, and this and that. And then she had to discover that no, it, it wasn't true. You know, her what who she thought her ancestor was was completely mm-hmm. different than what she was told or what the family right. legacy showed. So I, right. I thought that was a great exploration, not only of um, Janeway's character but also ancestors and family, which is something that we don't get to see a lot of in Star Trek. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving away from Voyager. I think we pretty much already talked about the Abrams versus uh, Pike and Kirk. Yep. Yes. So I think we can kind of, like, skip over that. Mm-hmm. So let's 
go to the social question of the week. Social media question. Yes, the uh, social media it's not question. The social question. It's the social media. Social question sounds like you're at a bar. <laughs> you know, you throw something out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question was, uh, who is your favorite captain? Uh, I also had another question. Uh, what is your favorite episode feature featuring your favorite captain? Featuring. <laughs> Starting to sound so, like Kermit the Frog. Well, I have a frog in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. On Twitter. Okay, so we've got the twits. Uh, the tweeters. The, I'm sorry. If it's Twitter, it's twits. I don't know how many times we're going to argue about that. <laughs> but uh, so at underscore mine go. That's a hard question. The obvious answer is Picard or Kirk. But Cisco has uh, some amazing moments. I'd agree yeah. with that. I think Cisco is the one that stands out, not all the time, but enough that she, he, like we said earlier, different enough that he, you know, really does stand out. Yeah, definitely. Next we have at Doom Cheese. Kirk. What kind of cheese is that, by the way? I I don't know. This person says Kirk original vintage with the hashtag. Damn it, Spock! Don't you understand? <laughs> Next we have at D G G Four Bryant. I'm torn between Picard and Cisco, especially after watching DS9 all the way through recently, which is... That's a good... good, Next we have at Eric J. Dewey, who is our uh, friend from uh, the (laughs) Four-Eyed Critics. Uh, Don't start me with (laughs) Four-Eyed. He's also on the uh, Science and Beer show. You know, that's, that's on I the like network all the time. Science, Science and, beer. and beer. So, he says series, I'd have to say Picard, movies excluding JJ's, I'd say Kirk, including JJ's track, I'd actually say Pike. I that's like saying I, think I agree. I mean, that's that's pretty run of the mill. I mean, I like Kirk, then I liked Picard. Well, he's breaking well, it down. He gives Series. I yeah, know, yeah. I know, but it, it you know, I liked Kirk, then I liked Picard, but not before I voted for Kirk. Wait a minute. So I think um, his breakdown is actually how breakdown. I would feel. I, yeah, I I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, yeah, ne- Next Generation, that was uh, my first Star Trek and favorite growing up. And then movies, yeah, Kirk, those movies were great. So yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. So next, next. at, we, at uh, Dana. Dana1892, really person. this person says, Okay, so this person is answering the question, what is your favorite uh, episode featuring your favorite captain? This person says, Picard uh, becomes Locutus. That's the both <laughs> Next we have, at little cute girl 86 She says, I like the episode where Kirk is fighting the green lizard guy. Not sure what the, the episode is called. Yeah, the- I actually told her, this is my <laughs> girlfriend. I told her last night that uh, the green Love lizard the guy was... The Gorn, but she chose to write Green Lizard Guy instead. Would you say you're watching what? <laughs> Gorn. The Gorn. The Gorn, okay. All right, so on Facebook. So next, Facebook. We uh, have Sarah Gardner. And she says, Picard. Picard duh. <laughs> That's great. Nice. And next we have this guy named Eric Berry. Yeah, who's that? Uh, <laughs> and he says, Jane. It's your cousin, Chuck. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Janeway. Do you ever? Did you ever get a phone call from a guy at a fifties dance saying that? Did no. you, your cousin Chuck Berry? No, I, I, I have not. <laughs> I always get it mixed up. Which one was it, Marvin or Chuck? Marvin. Marvin, Marvin Berry. Berry. Yeah. <laughs> so next we have my friend Sodium Chloride, whose name really is 
whose real name is uh, Salt. Uh, he says Pike. Pike. I don't know which Pike he's referring to. I'm going to say probably, <laughs> probably the new one. Probably the new one. Because we don't know much about the old one. <laughs> yep. And if he likes the old one, then that probably means he would like uh, an elevator because it beep, 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 beep. What? The old what? one wasn't that bad from the cage. The cage. He, okay. wasn't, I, I, he wasn't a terrible Jeffrey, captain. Jeffrey Hunter. Hunter. Hunter, yeah. So next we have Nicole. And she says, I have two... Wait, I have two, I have two. of Captain Picard. Oh, okay, she has two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one is when he is turned into a child. That's and, a pretty good one. And the elevator? No, the yeah. yeah. When, he's, when he's turned into a child. So that's the one with that transporter accent. And Guinan. And, and, and Rolaren. Yeah, they're all... Uh, uh, Guinan? Yeah. And... Jordy too? No. No, it was uh, Roe. Guinan, Roe, Laren, Ro. him, and... Oh, um, O'Brien's wife, Keiko. Yeah. Yeah. And Ferengi take over the ship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They fight back. Yeah. And she also says um, the other one is when the education center has meet the captain day and the little girl has a crush on him. Um, I don't know. I don't think she's remembering the episode correctly uh, but there is one that has Captain Picard Day is there yeah yes. I think she may be projecting it might be the one with the turbo lift maybe that's it could the be one. that one yeah yes it is it is because they had to take him for the whole day and tr- take him around okay. yeah and actually, he gets stuck on the turbo lift with them and he breaks yeah. his leg uh, Ca- Captain Picard Day that was uh, the episode the the Pegasus right it's a um, it's Probably not Captain Picard Day, but someone won... The, the one with the elevator. I, I yeah, remember yeah. that one. Yeah, someone won something, and he was taking them on a tour. Yeah, and he broke his leg when he was in there. Remember he broke yeah, his he leg broke or hurt some, himself? Something happened. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he gives his pips to the kids to yeah. do the ranks. Yeah. That was, that was a good episode. Touch um, me. Touch me right here. <laughs> okay. Wow. Whoa. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for this week's... Do you know what puts my quantum state into flux? We really got to change the name of that. I it like that name. I like it. I like it that. took me a like long too, time to come up with that name. I like okay, it. Okay, so what's got you fluxing? <laughs> okay, so holodeck malfunctions. Okay. Yes. I hate it when that happens. Uh, so I realize this is you know a plot device, uh, but it's definitely overused, especially in the next generation, or at least it seems Space like it is. Nine at big time too. No, Voyager no. had a lot of. <laughs> oh yeah, they all did actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's such an unreliable piece of technology. These holodecks. Uh, but since we're talking about the captains, I thought I'd focus on one malfunction in particular. In, season, in the season one episode, The Big Goodbye. From which uh, which series? The Next Generation. So Captain B- in this episode, Captain Picard it needs to speak a greeting to the Jarada. I believe that's how you pronounce their name. Yes. And they're an uh, insect-like species, and he's having a hard time coming pronouncing. up, pronouncing the things, and... We learned that Captain Picard spells uh, knife with, a, with an N instead of, instead of a K. In order to kind of relax before this happens, I believe Troy suggests that he goes onto the holodeck. Oh, yeah. Um, that's uh, the Dixon Hill program, right? Yes. Yep, the Dixon Hill program. It's the first time you see it, too, isn't it? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So the Gerada... Uh, send out a long-range probe which scans the Enterprise. And this 
disrupts the ship's systems, including the holodeck. The holodeck. <laughs> All right, so this malfunction uh, leads to the holodeck safeties being turned off. Oh no! And even with the uh, even a holographic bullet can kill when the safeties are turned off. Does uh, that mean you can actually? Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so a a mobster in the episode shoots uh, the historian that came along, uh, the 20th century historian that is on the Enterprise D for some reason that's out in space away from <laughs> the 20th century. <laughs> Maybe that was just one of his specialties. <laughs> I don't think he was on the Enterprise because they needed a 20th century historian. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. It, it just seemed weird. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to go on the holodeck, so let's... <laughs> So he ends up getting shot. The crew, uh, the other uh, crew members that are with Picard think that he's just acting, but he really gets shot. He's there. He turns pale. He's bleeding, and they're trying to. They want to get him off the holodeck. They try to oh. end the program, and they can't. So uh, my it's getting a little emotional. <laughs> my my main gripe with the episode is at the very end of the episode when the. Two, their two oh, holodeck characters. I remember this. They, they walk off onto the corridor. Now you would think, since they're not in the range of the emitters anymore, that it would they would automatically just vaporize. Right. But no, they slowly, from their feet up to their head, disintegrate. Oh yeah. And they talk about it as they're disintegrating. <laughs> I'm gonna you can't do this to me. Do you know who I am? Well, that's all for effect, obviously. Obviously, but but it could have been a a former version of what happens to them after they come out of. I guess I don't know. I mean, uh, we also see Moriarty. Tr- yeah, Moriarty. But, but that he, was all a trick. Yeah, he doesn't actually leave the holodeck. He drags everybody else in. There's an episode. I think it's the first season where Wesley Crusher is playing with some other kid in there's snow and a snowball comes flying out and hits Picard. I can see that because of the replicator, but you can't use the replicator or... Um, In the holodeck. No, for, oh. like, people. Uh, you can't replicate the people. Right. So I don't understand... Because when the snowball came out, it actually hit him and made a pedal. On the ground, On outside the, of the... Outside the, the yeah. holodeck. So I'm cool it with didn't that. disappear fast enough. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm just not cool with the slow disintegration process. Well... Because I think we kind of evolved the idea of that over time because obviously it was a new thing mm-hmm. in this series, right? So they didn't know where to go with it. I know this from the background, right. yeah. But as far as reality, I mean, I just want to tell you something, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say this, but <laughs> science fiction. Say it ain't so. In the end, it is still and, science and we have fiction. Seen episodes like in Voyager because the Doctor was a hologram. I mean, at one point he tries mm-hmm. to stick his hand out of sickbay, and it, it dematerializes, like, at the edge of the door. So, yeah. right. uh, obviously, they've compensated for that, but I wasn't... Yeah. And then he gets the emitter. I like the uh, the thing he... the, the portable yes. emitter. That's from Ninth. the 20, 29th yeah. Um, that was so the thing. the big goodbye, since that was in the first season, that is the first holodeck malfunction episode in Star Trek. Yes. Yep. So I was reading some background on this episode on um, Memory Alpha. Great site. Great site indeed. I can't read. <laughs> you can't <Wait>. read. <laughs> uh, the 
episode with the binars mm-hmm. was supposed to be filmed first. So originally, oh. the malfunction in the big goodbye was supposed to be a result of the binars, but because of some kind of conflict, real world stuff, yeah, they moved they, the big uh, goodbye backwards. before the binar episode. Yeah, so they had to come up with another another reason. Well, that that would have been a great um, little piece of continuity. Yeah, yeah definitely. So that's what's got you. Really, that's what got you in a flux. That it put my yeah. It was a little. <laughs> I was a little flux. I thought there was something that would be a little bit more. <laughs> well, I wanted to keep it with the topic. Oh, I know. Uh, I couldn't really think of anything really except bashing Janeway. I don't. I didn't want to do that. Oh god. <laughs> because we. Because <laughs> you Eric, didn't want to. Because no, <laughs> we had Eric on the show. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I have nothing again. Nothing against Janeway. Right. Uh, nothing against. What is her real name? Uh, Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew. I mean, she has a. You know, obviously, I liked her in other things, right. but again, but whatever. Your flux is important to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, what, what are we talking about next uh, episode, Aaron? Ah, uh, good yeah. question. Because we talked about this the other day because of online, and that was one of the. Oh, uh, Kate Mulgrew was in Throw Mama from the Train. She was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was she the? Um, I think she was the, the wife. Friend of the wife, yeah, yeah. of um, Billy Crystal. Yeah, wow. I think so. Yeah, really. She, yeah, she wasn't. The no, one she wasn't. Was thinking of though. No, no, I knew she wasn't the mama. I don't have a thousand I, I, I just thought. Uh, I knew she was in it. I remember seeing her in it. You know who the ugly woman is, though, right? I don't know her name. No, do you know what she was in before that? Her big claim to fame: Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Goonies. Oh, oh right. Yeah, I was gonna say ET. Yes, ET. She was actually <laughs> she was ET. They made her look smaller. And... Anyways, uh, so what's for next week? Next week, I don't next know. Next time, not next week. I keep on saying next, next time. Week. It's like the fluoride. I don't know. What What would you like to have us do, Eric? Any Ooh, topics? Have you guys talked about time travel in Star Trek? We have. That was our last episode. Yeah. I missed that one. So. Darn. Um, <laughs> and if anybody else missed it, go back and download the podcast. Hmm. And that's almost like time traveling in itself because you're listening to something from the past that's in the present. What about um, Star Trek romances? Romances. Uh, like, hmm. How about bromances? Bromances. bromances. Yeah. yeah, we could do like well, Jordi and Data. There's a love connection between Data and Picard. And <laughs> no, Dylan, no, no, no. And, uh, no. I, I would say Jordi and Data, Kirk and Spock. We could, do, we could. We could get out of our comfort zone. <laughs> that would be we should get far. Some, we should get Dr. Ruth on here or something like that. <laughs> it would be interesting to have a female perspective. I wonder if there are any any female truckers out there that would like to talk. There are any. There's a lot, actually, now. Well, any that would be willing to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as they don't see what we look like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what about your... She doesn't like Star Trek. Really? But she no. puts a question every week. That's because she's my girlfriend. Oh, she loves you that much. She's uh, obligated. Yeah, she's obligated. Isn't that just lovely? My wife could kill us. Yeah. All right, so we'll do romances. Yeah. Star Trek romances. Or bromances. Or bromances. I'm more comfortable with bromances. I don't don't know of many romances. Troy Uh, Troy and... um, Tom and Bellana. Oh, Tom and Bellana. That's true. See, that's Voyager. Worf. um, What's her Wh- name? Oh, Worf and Troy. Wh- yeah. And Worf and Jadzia. Worf and Jadzia. Uh, I guess there's a lot we about, could talk about. What about, um? well, you obviously have O'Brien and his wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. O'Brien and Keiko. Uh, what's her name had sex with Data? 
Oh, Yar. Tasha Yar. But she was, yeah. there was that whole thing, too, that she was under yeah. spell. Also in D Space Nine, uh, uh, Rom and Lita. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Completely true. I guess there were a lot. I guess I just didn't think of it. talk about Lita <laughs> is worth it. What's her real name? Um, Chase Masterson. Chase Masterson. She's a really nice person. I got to meet her at a Star Trek convention. She's really great. We got to start cool. going to these conventions. Yeah, we do. We're just, <laughs> just poor, that's all. Yeah, go meet some people. Actually, go outside of the house. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we'll do romances and bromances. We'll put yeah. both in there, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And obviously, you'll be sending some of your info into us too, right, Eric? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. I mean, you can come and join us on the next show too if you want. Wow, I'd be, I'd be honored. That'd be great. Cool. That'd be great. Um, it was great having you on the show Yeah. Um, today, Eric. Thanks a lot for having um, me. It was good having you on the show, Marty. It's always good being here. I'm glad. I get to look at you. Oh, well, wonderful. It, it, there's a Star Trek bromance right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And see you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. End transmission.